0: Hi there, and welcome to the Engage Customer Podcast. Our mantra is that organisations need to be where their customers are, cutting across internal silos and taking a more holistic view, delivering a consistent service across all channels, offline, online, social, and mobile. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage with their target customers on a deeply emotional level with industry-leading conferences and online digital media. To find out more, visit EngageCustomer.com.
1: In this episode, we sit down with Alana Sento, Lead Product Marketing Manager at Senequa. Alana is a member of the Senequa product marketing team, focused on helping enterprises unleash the power of AI and intelligent search. She has spent most of her career working with business leaders as they leverage the right technology to solve their most pressing challenges. We speak to Alana about what it's like to work at Senequa and more about recent projects and future plans. So, so what yeah. are we talking about? Exciting. We've, we've got some interesting words there, intelligent search. Is that what you're going to be talking about?
0: Yes. Yeah. So when we talk about intelligent search and really around how organisations can really take control of all of the knowledge that... Yeah within their company and outside of their company in order to, um, you know, take action, to make, uh, to make decisions quickly, uh, to drive things like innovation.
1: Perfect. Well, that's a perfect segue from what we were just finishing off on the last one, straight into the, the how it's going to happen. Couldn't have been better if we'd have tried. There's serendipity for you. So there we go. Um, ten, ten minutes uh, talk, and I'd like to have a, some Q&A with you afterwards once we've done that. Sure. Off we go. Thank All you. Right.
0: Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining my session. Um, so I'm going to start um, by saying, you know, we, the big thing that we've been talking about, uh, I think, throughout this conference is that it's really, e- it's much easier than it ever has been to create and share knowledge. We're hyperconnected. And, you know, it's easier to get in touch with someone probably now digitally than even when we worked in an office. So it's, it's great that this is all happening digitally now, um, that knowledge is being shared that way. Um, But what we hear a lot um, is around this kind of major trend that 82% of organizations, um, according to this recent Deloitte survey, um, need to do a better job of tying knowledge to action. And we'll talk a bit more about how we can get there. But first, what's really causing that? So there's a growing gap between the people in your organization and the knowledge that lives within uh, for two major reasons. Um, And Martin, I think you were talking about this earlier, the, the major explosion in data um, especially unstructured data it doesn't fit neatly into um, into lines that you know. It lives all across, siloed within the organization. And organizations, they're really trying to capitalize on it as much as they can. Um, but as it's growing faster than it ever has been, it makes it quite difficult. Um, and also new ways of working. So especially with this hybrid or fully remote workforce, uh, information no longer just sits in a database waiting to be discovered by people. It's being shared on the fly via things like Slack and Microsoft Teams. It's being stored in all different places and people are looking um, looking and using it in all different ways. And ultimately, because of this, the workplace is becoming increasingly chaotic. You have the people, of course, that's core to uh, any innovation, any great decision-making, and they're accessing what we call their digital toolbox. Um, And that toolbox is really growing in this digital world. Um, And ultimately, they're using it all in different ways. They're going across these different systems. They're gathering information, that, and they're aggregating it, and they're analyzing it. And uh, for the different types of jobs, whether you're a researcher, whether you're in customer support, um, whether you're building products within a manufacturing organization, one single piece of information or data can be used in completely different ways, um, adding to this uh, kind of chaos, um, especially to duplication of efforts, of information, um discrepancies and a number of different things. So how can you break down these silos um, and actually make your knowledge actionable? So to do this, it's critical for organizations to ultimately build a single entry point to all of the content and all the data. You know we have search within probably every application that we use. Um, but they're all, for one, it's you know, standard for every employee. And it also um, is, of course, in all different places. So people have to jump from one place to the other. Um, a recent uh, Pega System survey said that people use jump, from 30, jump through 35 um, job-critical applications 1,100 times a day. So imagine the amount of time that they're spending going from um, application to application. Um, so really connecting that data, creating that single entry point so that people can make the best decisions possible. Um, and so, ultimately, what I want to talk to you a bit about today is around how intelligent search can help you do this and how leading organizations are doing it. Um, so, I want to look at a live uh, example. Um, so, this European leader in financial services, um, who we have been partnering with since um, early 2019, um, and you know, they said something early on in their project that we hear all the time, their digital workplace lead. know, they realized that Google um, is how they search for things in their personal life. Why can't we have that within our, within our company? Um, so that's uh, very, very common to hear. Um, so they set off on this project. Um, they needed a search solution for all of their employees. So across the entire enterprise to access um, all of their different systems and be able to view uh, accurate information quickly. So this is a, a picture of their internet, and uh, you know, they needed to be able to help their employees get to what they needed in as few clicks as possible. So how they started this project was they actually did a number of different surveys across the organization to understand how people, what kinds of information people need, how they're using it, um, how they need to use it, and the kind of, kind of challenges that they're facing. And they started prototyping and testing this out in workshops before they actually delivered um, what you see here. And over time, so after implementing this enterprise-wide search, you know, they realize, okay, everybody has completely different jobs they need to do. As I mentioned earlier, whether you're a researcher, whether you're helping customers, they need different views, they need different information sources. So they started, um, essentially, they started uh, creating and multiplying these applications, these search applications that they have to address other use cases Um, such as their compliance team, um, their legal team, uh, their retail banks um, around the world, and uh, started rolling those out and duplicating them quickly and adjusting them for the needs of these different departments. And what they quickly found as they were addressing new use cases, this kind of shows the the search usage um, from the beginning of 2019 all the way up until now, um, or the end of last year. And as they added new use cases, new data sources, they're finding that usage went up and up and, you know, we, we often hear, you know, it's hard, it's really hard a lot of times to justify time saving. But if you think about, um, you know, a, a company that has tens of thousands of employees, if, even if they just save a couple minutes a day, um, being able to search here versus aggregating across all their different information sources, you know, that's huge cost savings um, with that productivity boost, um, which is essentially what they, what they saw here. So this is just one example um, I want to talk a little bit about, so these are this kind of some of our major use cases um, for intelligent search um, that has worked well for all the companies that we work with. Um, and really, most of the successful ones are developing what we call Insight Apps, um, which is their central search tool, and actually using um, a number of different use cases across the company. We have some customers who have hundreds of use cases uh, you know, that they might have for very, very specific teams or regions. Um, most being global companies. So, these are just a few of the examples of some of the possible insight apps that allow, um, allow employees to get contextually relevant information when they need it. Um, so, whether it's across the enterprise, um, as I just showed you in this example, um, another major use case is Expertise Finder. So, we all have company directories, uh, but oftentimes we don't, you know, we have a job that needs to be done, we have specific information that we need. We don't always know who that person is who has that information. So being able to uncover expertise, um, especially when you have a huge company and uh, be able to surface that work uh, that they have done to help you make better decisions. Um, And then also very specific functional areas. Well, if you might have a new employee um, who needs to learn, of course, uh, and ramp up fairly quickly and access the right information um, you, you know, you're manufacturing, Your are a field engineer who needs to fix an issue with a your customer, um, you're building a product, uh, you're an R&D researcher, it's probably one of our major use cases, um, helping really fuel innovation for um, these companies, um, support a customer, uh, and things like that. So there are a number of other applications. These are some of the main ones um, where our customers have really found success. We've proven, we've proven the results like society general. Uh, with some of the world's largest companies. And these are just a few that we work with across manufacturing, um, across life sciences, uh, financial services, uh, government agencies, um, and much more. And, uh, you know, I mentioned boosts in productivity, but uh, some of the major proven results beyond that is, uh, for one, minimizing duplication. So that might be duplication of documentation, um, you know, you were, talk, you were talking about uh, earlier about, you know, if you can't find something and you know, people are off redoing that work, uh, which also really leaves room for error, of course, if you're having to redo work um, versus finding something that's already been proven, that's already accurate. Um, and also even duplication for manufacturers, duplication of parts. Um, you know, it, one of our customers said recently, it's much easier to create, to build a part that already exists than to find the one, um, to be able to find that part that does exist. You know, so... Imagining, you know, the amount of time, especially with companies that are decades old, Um, reducing risk overall, uh, a business risk, you know, if you can't, um, if you can't find the right information, let's say it's in compliance, um, there's a huge risk and obviously, uh, you know, legal issues, um, but also if you're building, you know, a specific part or train, um, you know, and it's faulty and you don't have all the pieces that you need, that of course can be a problem. Um, Improving employee and customer satisfaction, the customer example that I just showed you, uh, in addition to productivity um, and in serving their user or their employees, huge boost in employee satisfaction, um, and also customer satisfaction, being able to find answers to customer questions quickly, especially when you are a B2B company um, who has very, very complex issues uh, that their customers are bringing to them. So being able to to meet the needs um, and the ever-evolving needs other employees. Um, And finally accelerate innovation. This is actually um, one of, this is the top um, kind of result or value add that we hear from our customers is the ability to be able to fuel innovation. If you can't find knowledge that already exists uh, and you can't build on it, then you're just going to be going around doing the same work that's already been discovered. And so, lastly, um, we would love to connect with you at our virtual booth um, to discuss our unique integration with the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, so, Cinequa supports on-premise, uh, hybrid approach, um, but also cloud-first organizations. So, uh, we built um, we built our solution in the cloud, uh, cloud optimized for Azure, uh, allowing our customers to really do fast deployment of search, um, search indexing, um, high availability. So. Ensure reliability and then also security that meets Microsoft standards and takes security measures very seriously. Um, and our most recently our integration with Microsoft Teams. So being able to uh, deploy insight apps um, within the flow of work. So making search available as employees are collaborating through teams, being able to quickly share, um, uh, you know, within a specific chat or even just search across the board and helping them ultimately. Um, search better and faster than they
1: ever have been able to before, oh well, Alana, that was great uh, and uh, i I would love to dig in a bit more really to that comment which really got me going about Google you know and that just reminded me in fact i was I was doing a project probably a dozen years ago, and it was exactly the same problem, and it is an interesting one that it applies as much to a, whatever we call intranets in today's world as, as a public-facing website, which is often the, the bit that's missed. You know, the more data we add to a website, the more complex the navigation. If there is a search bar there, we hope to gosh it works, and the experience is, why doesn't it work like Google? You know, and, and people go searching online, hope they can find a search thing, uh, and, it, and it just doesn't deliver. Uh, and I wonder if, without us getting too nerdy and techy, if we can maybe dig in a wee bit to some of the magic underneath the bonnet that enables that. Because Google, for example... You know, one of the interesting things that you see um, is even assuming natural language, which gives you enormous leeway to potentially understand, people's willingness to be clear and articulate and use English in a a (laughs) a semi-decent way declines entirely in a search box and they just put in drivel and hope for magic as a result. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, basically. And it's remarkable what Google manages to do in terms of the way it infers what you've asked, your pre- previous stuff, what other people and how they've asked it and the answers they found satisfactory all combined magically into an algorithm in a second, etc., etc. And And, you know, one of the quick answers is, of course, because Google does X, Y, Z, but your version of the search bar only does this, this and this, which is why you end up with very long-tail irrelevancy and huge levels of frustration you know, for for, for the customer. And within that general observation, I did notice your intelligent apps and the way, rather cleverly, you had obviously gone into functional areas. And I wondered if that was a device that you used to be able to, if you want, optimise the knowledge and increase the hit rate by just sort of focusing upon a smaller but more concentrated data set and therefore optimise the fact you're likely to get something rather than said, here's a general department store, go find what you want, but we don't give you any signage in terms of where to find the thing you're after?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. I think oftentimes when we think about search, I mean, most commonly, you know, we're talking about enterprise-wide search. I think a common misconception that we often hear is that it's really... Um, the intention of it and all it is really meant to do is is bring all of your data and all of your content together and centralize it. Um, But it's much more than that, which is why, you know, which is why we say that it's intelligent. You know, it's all about context. Um, It's all about, um, you know, being able to use natural language um, to be able to kind of decipher and infer, as you've said, with Google. Um, I think, you know, like I mentioned, the most common thing that we hear is like, why can't we just have Google? And, you know, Google, I mean, for one, they don't even have enter- enterprise search for their own organization. Um, you maybe are familiar with Google search appliance, which they um, ended up getting rid of because it didn't work. Yep. yep. Enterprises. Yep. Um, so, you know, for that's one The other one being that, you know, what you're searching on Google, that's all public information. So it becomes a lot more complicated when you're in a... Um, when you're in an organization where there's a lot of confidential information that can't be seen, so having specific security measures and being able to um, protect, you know, information and, and kind of learn from that. Yes. Is a big, but Yeah, so I'd say, I mean, if you're thinking about a search solution, I mean, really looking into that intelligence piece, um, you mentioned small data sets and learning off of that, so you know, that's really, in simplest form, what deep learning is able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... And it allows organizations to be able to be effective if they're not the size of someone, let's say, like Amazon, who has all of the data that lives out there. Um, So being able to learn off of small data sets, um, but also much of the larger ones, too. So really understanding um, how natural language is being used, how uh, machine learning and deep learning is actually taking that data and understanding it, how it's enriching it. So that you're not getting, as you've said, that laundry list of every single possible piece of information. It's really the most relevant based on uh, what that user needs to see. Mm. Um, and the and when I talk about you know the different functional areas, I think one of the major value adds there is not just um, not just uh, connecting to data sources that that specific department needs to view. That's part of it. Um, but also displaying um, the search results in the way that they do their job. So there are all different types of views that you can use yep. um, or that you can develop so that people can, you know, whether that's a heat map that analyzes specific data sets, or um, you're looking for a part and you need to see the bill of materials, you need to see the CAD data, you need to see all of these different sources in a specific way so that you can act on it quickly.
1: Yep. Um, so
0: both those data sources, indexing them and the um the you know, the how that's actually displayed displayed so that they can you know an employee can
1: understand it so there's a kind of design component a visualization component that again is massively important in terms of what the people feel that they can use it for and how they initially connect to it yeah exactly yes i mean i i I don't whether whether people have it but i would imagine a major goal in knowledge management is to reduce the complexity of the search and the complexity of what's sent back to you so it feels doable. You know, otherwise, I would imagine a lot of people do the equivalent of like we do in a call center go, it's too tough, I'll just go and ask someone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) I'd say, um, you know, the big piece of this, I mean, we, you know, SITIQA, but generally in Intelligent Search, we thrive on complexity. You know, we're not dealing with very simple use cases like someone trying to buy a shirt online. Yeah. It's really for really complicated, um, you know, projects or, you know, company trying to build a train, you know, and they need to replace a specific part or find a part, the part that they need. You know, very, very complex jobs. OK. Um, R- R&D, you're developing a drug. So, yeah, things like that, um, you know, the, the context and breaking down the complexity is, is a big part of it.
1: That's really interesting. Uh, and uh, a brief thing about how, how do you sort of deal with the issue of, 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 of describing a bit of knowledge in that sense, tagging or however, you know, you you recognise it's different ways of being described. Because one of the interesting things about life is there's, there's multiple ways of describing something and presumably we're not going to live in a world in which that's manually tagged, that's impossible. So, so again, is, is there anything you can share without getting too geeky about how that element is enabled? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you
0: know, it's the way that we kind of envision it as is making it easy for these computers that are very complicated to be able to communicate or for people to be able to communicate with them um as data is really growing so there's i think a big part of it you know it's that human element too and how they're uncovering the knowledge that they and how they're deciphering it um so that of course is always going to be there it's not like you know it's not you know, like computers or anything are going to be taking the jobs of these very complex decisions. Quite. So really, you know, it, it's, it's ultimately making that connection um, if I answered your question accurately.
1: No, that's cool. OK, that works. Yeah. Hey, um, I've just looked at our time. We have run out of, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> um, but that's really, really useful um, and uh, actually a good indication about where the, that part of the whole discussion is going, which is having built it, how do you then discover what you got? Uh, and I think you answered that in a very interesting kind of a way. So thank you very much uh, for time yeah, for having me. and for turning up. Really enjoyable. Appreciate that. Have a great day. Thanks, thank Martin. you very much. Bye. Thank you.